A quick look at the economy these days tells a worrisome story. Things aren't looking so great. Inflation is up 9% over last year. The gross national product dropped by nearly 2% last quarter. Rents are skyrocketing, and the stock market is dropping. The S&P 500 index, which tracks the top companies in the U.S., is in a bear market. All of this raises the question, are we entering another recession? This is Tom Vasich with the UCI Podcast, and I'm speaking with Eric Swanson, a professor of economics at UCI. Eric studies unconventional monetary policy and the relationship between financial markets and the macroeconomy, which means he's the perfect person to talk about the central question of this podcast. Thank you for joining us, Eric. Thank you for having me, Tom. So the big question is, are we going to have a recession? So nobody knows the answer to that for sure. Um, Currently, the economy is looking generally pretty good in that unemployment is low and and job growth has continued to be fairly strong. But people are very worried that there could be a recession in the next year or two because the Fed has been raising interest rates very rapidly. And traditionally, when the Fed has done that, that does slow down the economy. Well, what are the current economic indicators that can lead us to believe that a recession may be coming? So the big one would be, um, as you mentioned, uh, GDP growth has been very weak. In fact, it was negative in the first quarter, I think minus 1.6%. We're going to get another GDP number for the second quarter in about a week. Um, That one is also expected to be pretty weak, maybe 0% or or maybe even a touch negative. Uh, And so those would be weaker economic indicators, and those would be some of the things people are most worried about. Even with unemployment at record lows? Uh, Correct. Yeah, unemployment has been very, uh, very low. Um, and job growth has generally been pretty good. The labor market has still been very tight. Uh, so that does not suggest that we're in a recession or that one is very close. And that's an anomaly from previous recessions where yeah. I personally recall during the 80s, the unemployment was over about 10%. Yeah. So normally a, a, a true recession would be one in which GDP is decreasing instead of growing and yeah. unemployment would be going up and would be relatively high and um, employment would be going down, not going up. So you would tend to see all of those things happening at the same time in a, in a true recession, which is why it's not guaranteed at all that we're in one right now or, or even that one is very close. Okay. Uh, it seems that the driver of this might be the record inflation rate. It's the highest it's been in 40 years. Mm-hmm. Um, is the pandemic economy kind of the reason for this particular era of inflation? Uh, the pandemic is part of it because of the supply chain disruptions that everybody you know, was, was very well aware of. Um, but it's not the whole thing. I mean, there's also the Russian invasion of Ukraine, which led to the disruptions in the oil market. So that's caused oil prices to go up. Uh, when oil prices go up, it increases the cost of transporting goods across the, econ- across the U.S. And, and internationally. So that tends to raise all prices. Um, so you have you have um, the pandemic, you have the, the Russian invasion of Ukraine. Uh, you do have actually fiscal stimulus from the pandemic, that there was a lot of money given to households as part of fiscal stimulus packages in 2020 and 2021. Um, and now that money is sort of uh, being spent, and we're seeing that show up in very strong demand and, and increased prices. So the fiscal stimulus package mm-hmm. could be an underlying part of inflation at this point? I would say it's it's part of the story. It's probably right. not the biggest part, but but it is part of the story. So it's a, it's a myriad of factors just yeah. coming together at an inopportune time. Yeah, I mean, there's multiple things going yeah. on. Yeah. 
you know, we haven't seen inflation like this for 40 years. Um, and back then in 1980, the Federal Reserve dramatically raised interest rates, I mean, purposefully driving the U.S. into recession. Uh, you teach this topic in your macroeconomics courses. Do you see that happening now? So I do see that happening now. It's sort of a, a mini version of 1979 and 1980, that we have kind of the same thing going on. Inflation's been going up a lot. Not as much as in 1979 and 1980, but very similar um, in a lot of ways. And the Fed is raising interest rates rapidly because inflation is too high and, and they need to bring it down. And so that's exactly what the Fed did in 1980. Uh, and so I would expect to see uh, the economy slow down, just like it did in 1980. Um, hopefully not nearly as bad as it did in 1980 and 1981, when there was a very sharp recession. Well, what is the prime interest rate right now? Uh, so the federal funds rate, which is the main interest rate yeah. the Fed targets, is uh, they just raised it to, let's see, 25 and 50 more and another 75. So it must be 1.5% or so, right? A little more. It's like 1.5 to 1.75%. They're widely expected to raise interest rates another 0.75% next week. So that would get it up to 25 um, in 1980, the Fed raised interest rates much, much higher. They, they raised interest rates to about 20 percent. Um, and, and actually, interest rates were above 15 percent for most of 1980 and 1981. So we're not nearly anywhere near where they were back then. But, but interest rates have been going up rapidly. Yeah, I remember that was a very painful era, era for the economy and yeah. for blue-collar labor. Yeah, I remember for everybody, but yeah. 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 Um, but uh, inflation at that time was 14.5 percent. Yeah. So, in a sense, what the Fed did, uh, it was a painful short-term uh, impact on the economy, but it worked. Yeah. Because afterwards, inflation only went up 3% until last year. Right. And now it's shooting up again. Yeah. Um, so, can you see the same pattern happening now? Yeah, that's, you know, I mean, we'll see kind of the same pattern here. I mean, in, in 1979 and 1980, inflation was um, high and rising, and it was it peaked at, at about 14.5%, like you said. Yeah. Uh, the chairman of the Fed at the time, the new chairman of the Fed, decided that that was absolutely unacceptable and, and had to be brought down no matter what the cost. Uh, yeah. And they did. They raised interest rates to 20%. Um, that you know put the economy into a severe recession, but it slowed you know, it slowed the economy down dramatically. It reduced demand dramatically, and prices stopped rising. Uh, and the inflation went away within a couple of years. Inflation was down to four percent or, or even three percent, and then in the 1990s, even lower to two percent. Uh, and we should see the same thing this time, I think, on a smaller scale. You know, the Fed will raise interest rates nowhere near 20 percent. Um, inflation's 9 percent. It's not 14 percent. Do you think 5 percent is a, yeah. um, a, a reasonable a number? I do think, I, I do see the Fed topping out around 5 percent. Hopefully yeah. they don't have to go higher than that. Okay. One of the common factors of many of the recessions over the past uh, 50 years has been an upheaval in the oil and energy markets. Yeah. Uh, we're seeing that now. Um, seems to be driven by the Russian invasion of Ukraine mm -hmm. and OPEC raising the price of oil to over $100 a barrel. Mm -hmm. um, how do you see that playing out? I see I mean, oil's dropping a little bit in price. A teeny bit, yeah. Um, but it is a driver of, of inflation, um, yeah. and, and it also triggers a lot of other economic problems, especially with transportation of, uh, of goods. Yeah. Uh, how do you see the oil situation working out over the, over the short term? 
Uh, I see oil prices probably remaining about where they are. Um, so, I mean, there's there's volatility in the oil market. Um, but, but you're right to be concerned. They've come up a lot in the last six months because of the Russian invasion of Ukraine and the disruptions in the, in the global oil market. Um, and as you mentioned, historically, a lot of U.S. recessions have been preceded by spikes in oil prices. So when you have a big run-up in oil prices, there is often a recession shortly afterward. Um, even in 2008, there was a big increase in oil prices. In 1990, there was a big increase in oil prices, followed by a recession. In the 1970s, there were two big increases in oil prices, both of which were followed by recessions. In comparing what we're going through now to the early 80s, mm -hmm. uh, were, was the housing market as difficult as it is now? Because right now, rents are astronomical. Right. Um, and housing's in short supply. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of competition for rental properties. And if interest rates goes up, go up, that means uh, new home sales will probably drop and people, more people will be going into the rental market. Mm -hmm. Is this an anomaly for our era or is there some kind of, kind of historical precedence for this? Um, so uh, I can't, I, I don't remember what the situation was back in 1980. Um, so I, I don't know if they were facing exactly the same thing in the housing market that we are. Uh, mortgage rates were much, much higher in the 1970s and in 1980. So I think house prices were not nearly as, um, you know, sort of elevated and the housing market was not nearly as hot as it is today. Um, so, you know, I mean, the housing market today is a little more reminiscent of 2005 and 2006, where we have a very hot housing market going into a recession, right? And we know what happened yeah, in 2008, was, 2009. Yeah, I, mean, I don't think that'll happen again. That was a you know, it was a very different recession. It was a financial crisis. And I don't think we're, I don't see nearly the amount of subprime lending going on that was going on back then. So, um, so in that sense, I don't think the housing market is particularly out of whack. Um, but... Um, but yeah, you're you're absolutely right that rents have been a, a skyrocketing. It's it's been you know amazing how much rents have gone up in the last year and a half. I would say, um, and you've seen that spill over. You know, as as rents go up and up, it pushes more and more renters to try to buy a house if they can afford one. And, and so you see, in, you know, that spilling over into increases in house prices. Uh, now, as the Fed raises interest rates and makes houses more expensive. Uh, it's going to tend to push some people back into renting again. And so you're going to see maybe even a little bit more pressure in the rental market, at least until the economy cools down more broadly. You know, that offsets uh, the growth in wages for service and blue-collar employees. Uh, yeah, I think that's right. I mean, wage growth has been strong for the last year or two, but probably all of that has been wiped out by higher rents, right? I mean, it's been terrible. Yeah. I've heard a lot of uh, um, commentators say that... Um, Americans are flush with cash, mm -hmm. whether with the stimulus package or they're not buy they were didn't buy anything during uh, COVID. Mm -hmm. Is there a time when this cash bubble is going to pop and people just won't have that kind of money to spend? Uh, I don't think it will pop. I, I do agree that um, there is a lot of cash in the economy, and it's exactly what you said that there was a, people couldn't spend as much as they would have normally during the pandemic because of lockdowns and, and no ability to travel. Um, and then the fist, you know, even though a lot of people lost their jobs temporarily during the, the pandemic, um, there was a lot of fiscal stimulus from the government, which made up for that, uh, maybe even more than made up for that. And so you have, you know, some some built up savings um, because people couldn't spend as much. And then you have some extra income from the from the government um, 
the government stimulus packages. And so you have a, a really pretty flush amount of savings for a lot of people in the economy. Um, they will spend that back down to normal levels. Um, so it's, it's not going to be a crash, but you'll, they'll gradually spend it back down to sort of your average level. And, and you're seeing you know, part of why the demand is so strong now is because they're doing that. And that could also drive inflation down a bit, too. Yeah, as, the, as, as uh, people spend off their extra cash, then the demand yeah. is going to go back to a more normal level, and that will help reduce yeah. price pressures and yeah. bring inflation down. Yeah. Um, when we publish this, uh, post this podcast, it's going to be right around the same time that the second quarter GDP, GDP numbers come out. Yeah. You're predicting it's going to be flat or a slight drop. I would say it's probably going to be around, my best guess would be around zero. could yeah. be, you know, a couple tenths up or a couple tenths down, um, but, but in that ballpark. What impact will that have over the next quarter uh, for the U.S. economy? Um, I mean, the economy, you know, so the second quarter is already done. So in that yeah. sense, right. Or the it, next quarter, yeah. Yeah, so exactly what the second quarter number is isn't like a big influence on the third quarter. I mean, um you know, GDP can be kind of volatile, you know, whereas like the unemployment rate is very stable from one month to the next. GDP actually can bounce around quite a lot because some of the things that go into GDP are very volatile, in particular, like inventory. Uh, you know, inventory accumulation is a very volatile component and international trade can be a very volatile component. Um, and so you can get a lot of quarter to quarter um, volatility just because there's some blip in international trade or in, in business inventories. Do you see the uh, midterm elections having an impact on how the economy drives into 2023? I don't think so. Uh, I, I mean, the economy is going to have a big impact on the midterm elections. Uh, I don't think the midterm elections will have a very big impact on the economy. Um, in all likelihood, it looks like there's going to be Republican control of at least one chamber of Congress, and you're going to end up with a, a little bit of a stalemate between the president and Congress. So that means kind of nothing gets done, which just means the economy just continues to go along like it's been doing. Okay. So, yeah. What is your, uh, to end this up, uh, where do you see us a year from now? Uh, I, I would see us returning. So my view is probably not a recession that will just sort of, you know, have a little bit of a slowdown, you know, sort of throughout the rest of this year and then gradually kind of, be picking back up again. So I don't see unemployment being a lot higher. Uh, I see job growth kind of continuing, but at maybe smaller numbers than it's been doing. Um, GDP being positive again, but not big numbers, you know, 1% maybe. Okay. All right. Well, thank you, Eric, for joining the UCI podcast. Sure. Um, um, I'd like to catch up with you again next year and see what we see okay. what's happened. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. All right. The UCI Podcast is a production of the Office of Strategic Communications and Public Affairs at UCI. Thanks for listening.